Welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Wealth Enterprise Briefing. I'm Michael Zerner, one of the managing partners at We Family Offices, and I'm joined today by Sam Sudami, our head of macro investing. And Sam and I are going to spend a few minutes talking about what's gone on in the capital markets and the economies so far in 2023. Uh, what's played out as planned, what have been some surprises, and most importantly, where do we think things will go from here? Welcome, Sam. Hi, Michael. So, Sam, taking a step back and looking at the year so far, it's been uh, almost 10 months. Uh, give us your perspective on, on actually what has not been a surprise. What has played out as you expected? So, what played out as expected is that interest rates moved up. We thought rates would rise due to an aggressive policy stance by the Federal Reserve. And the reason is inflation. We expected inflation to move downward as supply normalized, but to do so grudgingly due to the stickiness of both core services and rents. So although headline inflation is down significantly the past year, it really has been much more difficult in the last few months for inflation to start coming down. And the reason for the stubbornness of inflation is that both rents and services are supported by the strong jobs market. When we look at what played out as expected, you know, we were very positive on commodities. And so far, you know, commodities have been one of the best performing asset classes in the third quarter and this year overall. So a few months ago, we did a podcast on commodities when commodities were actually down quite a bit. But what happened is that oil did particularly well, and then the low supplies helped support metals and agriculture. So we saw a strong rebound in the, in the commodity space. Sam, and consistent with... Uh, our view on inflation taking a while to come down and the fact that rates would go up. Uh, talk a little bit about our view on the bond market, because there's been a lot of press uh, that the bond market has been quite difficult uh, and, and continues uh, its negative uh, performance this year. Uh, but I think our view is that the bond market is not the bond market. There are multiple submarkets within it. And maybe you could talk a little bit about what we expected and what our positioning uh, has been. So we had expected interest rates to rise, and that has benefited the short end of the yield curve, particularly short-term treasuries. Those started to roll upwards as yields increased. We also uh, recommended staying in the very short end of the duration because we wanted to capture those higher yields without taking on too much interest rate risk. And those have started to play out. Okay, Sam. So uh, lingering inflation, higher rates, uh, those are things that have played out as we would have expected. What's been the surprise, Sam? So, you know, the world often moves in ways that are unexpected. And you know, we were surprised that an economic recession did not occur in the U.S. due to tighter financial conditions caused by rapid Fed policy tightening. And on top of that, economic growth has actually come in much stronger than expected. And the reason why higher interest rates have not slowed down the economy significantly is due to the support of two main things. One is 
uh, excess COVID savings that has that help uh, buttress uh, consumer consumption. The second is stimulative fiscal spending leading to higher deficits. So the deficit right now is much higher than usual for an economy at this stage. And that's really what's helped keep the economy afloat and not going into a recession. However, we have seen the impact of higher rates. You know, manu- there's been a manufacturing recession and serious slowdown in housing. There was also a banking crisis in the first quarter. We've seen sentiment by both businesses and consumers come down. However, a recession as defined by the NBER did not occur. And that has actually been surprising to us. Another item that has uh, surprised us was China's reopening post-COVID. It bounced back, was much weaker than expected. China, one of the main reasons is that Chinese households did not get much aid during COVID. That's unlike their American counterparts. But But because of this slowdown, China very recently has started to add more stimulus. So so when you sit here, right, towards the end of October and you look forward uh, towards the end of the year into 2024, how do both the things that played out as expected and the surprises, how does that factor into your thinking about the macro outlook uh, for the near term? So the economy for the third quarter is expected to come in strong, but we would start to expect it to slow down going into the fourth quarter and next year as both fiscal stimulus and consumer resilience fade and the lagged effects of monetary tightening finally start to take hold. We've seen, we're seeing right now that that excess COVID savings balance has largely been used up. We're also seeing consumer balance sheet continue to show signs of strain with delinquency rates for credit cards, autos, and other uh, loans on the rise. So we should also continue to see higher rates weigh on home and auto purchases. When we look at financial markets, uh, equity at the index level will become more challenged. It held up very nicely. The S&P market cap weighted has actually held up rather well this year. However, the high valuations in the stock market are embedding a strong rebound in earnings growth. With a slowing economy, it is difficult to see how the double-digit earnings growth will be met. And in addition, as time goes on, the higher cost of capital will start to affect earnings negatively. So we would expect the equity market to become much more volatile. When we look at core fixed income, it will finally start to perform better, I think. So the five to 6% yields that we're seeing should actually start to translate into better returns. And the reason is the Fed is likely to pause its rate hike cycle. So the headwinds should start to dissipate. However, the Fed is likely to be on hold for longer. So we don't expect rates to be cut anytime soon. But as a result, the yield can actually translate itself into return. And as rockier equity markets will make core fixed income relatively more attractive going forward, in my opinion. 
So places to focus on from a positive perspective would continue to be cash, T-bills, and you know, uh, shorter duration fixed income. Across the spectrum of fixed income opportunities, corporates, agencies, governments, et cetera, but high quality. And be cautious on the equity markets, uh, given uh, the likely lagged impact of those higher rates uh, and a slowdown uh, that is expected, whether it's a recession or not, uh, earnings are expected to slow down. So caution in the equity markets. How do you feel about commodities and natural resources, uh, given uh, the positive impact they've had year to date? Do you expect that to continue? So when we look at commodities and natural resource equity, if the economy starts to slow down, there should be less demand for resources. So as a result, we think the commodities might get a little bit rougher. And there's also a geopolitical element to this. So if geopolitical risks start to rise, particularly in the Middle East, we could see oil prices actually be maintained. So there are a lot of moving pieces involved in resources. Sam, I think you, you touch on a topic that uh, I know a lot of people are thinking about, which is the geopolitical turmoil in the Mideast. Historically, how have you seen uh, geopolitical turmoil affect the capital markets? Historically, uh, wars have not had much effect on the stock market over the medium run. At the very beginning, risk sentiment is dampened and that negatively affects stocks. But over the medium term, markets start looking at fundamentals. Of course, it depends on the nature of the conflict. If the conflict doesn't affect the fundamentals of the U.S. stock market, it won't really negatively affect over the middle, over the middle horizon. If we take that into contrast about 50 years ago in 1973, after the Yom Kippur War, there was an oil, an Arab oil embargo that ne negatively affected the U.S. economy and markets because of our dependence on oil. Today, the situation is very different. The U.S. is far less energy intensive. We have many different energy sources. And the U.S. is also the world's largest producer of energy. So as a result, the geopolitical events do not affect us as much as they have done in the past. Thank you, Sam. Appreciate you joining us today and look forward to talking again soon. Thank you, Mike.